This is Faith Over Breakfast. My name is Eric Seepin. I am pastor at the Village Church in Tucson. And across from me is Andy Littleton, who is pastor of Mission Church in Tucson, Arizona. And we have been doing this podcast for many years now. It, Yeah. How many years? Three, I think. Wow. It's, it's Almost wild. three years. Wild. I think it'll be three years in March. Three or four. I'll crazy, check. Yeah. Crazy, crazy. Yeah. And uh, this is uh, this is our podcast where we, we, we used to get breakfast. Just, yes. just reminder, since it's a new year, yes, we used to get breakfast before we were on a radio show, or somebody from each of our churches, they were hosting a radio show together on culture, and they would have us on for what they called the interfaith roundtable, even though there was only one faith at the table. <laughs> uh, but they, uh, yeah, they would let us uh, pitch in on on cultural events, so we would have a little discussion beforehand, and we realized we tended to have way more ability to work out a thought. At the breakfast. Yes. So after the radio show ended, we said, man, we should keep doing the breakfast. And then we thought, let's record the breakfast. We used to eat. That was kind of gross. So now we have breakfast before. And, and we, we have record. Nespresso coffee. And and... We do. We had some coffee. Yeah. So uh, anyway, that's it. This is a, uh, it's unscripted. Uh, this is us working things out as pastors. Um, and so you just get to sit at the table with us and walk along with us in this. It's not our perfect thoughts. Um, but it's how we, it's how we process as uh, as friends and pastors. So thanks for for joining us and enjoy this conversation on what happened at the Capitol, but way more than that. Yeah, way, way more about our churches and priorities and what the gospel demands. Yeah, really. So yeah, thanks. Thank you, Andy. feel like I'm quiet. Check, check. That's better. That's just me. All right. Check, check. Yeah, I can hear you. All right, man. Uh, hey, it's been a bit. And uh, we have, you have taken the time off that you take off, your fallow month. I've certainly taken it for faith over breakfast. That's... Oh, you didn't take it for any. Okay. I mean, okay. I, I did get So two when weeks. you declared the fallow month from the village... You meant just from, faith over breakfast from me. Well, this year, I, people are kind of saying, "Well, hasn't this year been sort of fallow?" I'm like, "No, but no. In, in some for, ways, for, in some ways, it has." Okay, let, let's just dig into that for a second. As a pastor, I feel like I have never had such an active, like where my mind was processing how do I deal with this, and then this, and then this, and then this. But I've heard from people who feel it was a very relaxing time. They've said, oh, I just, I think I really needed 2020. I'm rejuvenated. Or or they've been bored or feeling right, right. they didn't have anything to do. For, I would, I'm going to go on a limb and say for all pastors I know, not, that was not 2020. No. Yeah. In my experience, even talking to people who have the 2020 relaxation or whatever, it's sort of, paradoxical because yeah. on one hand they're like wow yeah this is really good had more time with my family felt more connected yeah. and then also oh it was terrible everything was bad yeah i feel like late march early april i tasted of that yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i remember i was thinking back wow like i remember march april the weather was beautiful yeah we were sitting out in the evening rides with my family that having, was great yeah. Picnics outside, barbecuing, yeah. enjoying yeah. walks with the kids. 
hand sanitizing like crazy, yep. but all those things were yeah. there. <laughs> then mid-July, I'm like, oh, gosh. Oh, here we are. We're just, now it's just crazy. Spike is happening. I don't know what to do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, so 2021, Faith Over Breakfast, we actually had a production meeting oh, yep. and had notes. And then you sent me those notes, and I don't know how you to can't get find them. them. But yeah. I have them in my own notebook. So. so the main agenda for Faith Over Breakfast production is that Eric learns how to use technology. Yeah, there's some technological you, deficiencies that I have. You were, Eric, this signals something. You were the technology pastor at one point. And you're beginning to be the guy that's not up on the current stuff anymore. I'm not either, really, honestly. But have you accepted this? Have you? <laughs> can you acknowledge this? <laughs> yeah, in fact. Okay. Good. I took Facebook off my phone this weekend. Oh. Facebook? Is that one? Is that yeah, one I've never. One. Is that a new one? Is that it's like Parlor? Be- it's between Parlor and Facebook. It's called oh, Facebook. Okay. Facebook. Facebook. <laughs> I took Facebook off, and I'm I had the happiest Monday ever. Yeah, good. And I'm I'm done other than to like post some village stuff. Yeah, you know that's kind of stuff we have to do. Isn't that all you've been doing ever? Or you you didn't post a lot, but you must have cruised a lot. I do a lot of cruising, yeah, cruise and right. I do post, but mostly I post on other comments on other people's. You're comments. you're a commenter. Yeah, I'm yeah. A, a comment. I don't. Your those. presence was in the feeds of others. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's cool. That's good, man. I'm. Yeah, I've I've. I'm an occasional scroller, occasional poster, occasional yeah. commenter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I hear you. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> Good. I feel hurt. <laughs> I, I'm excited to be back with you. You know, I yeah. feel like sometimes you and I like have it gets. I don't mean to say this in a bad way, but maybe mm. it'll sound like it gets old. After, I mean, you and I have been doing this for like oh, how long? I'm, I am sick of this. Oh, yeah. just... Okay, well, <laughs> let's just work on that a little bit. <laughs> All right. So we need to talk. No, no, I'm not. I'm not. I've but, missed you, know, I've missed like, you too, Eric. It, it, there's a yeah. Like we've you know I you get in a rut. Yeah, we've had so many conversations, hundreds. We can mm-hmm. say you and I have s- talked about things at over a hundred times. There's mm-hmm. a hundred over a hundred hours yeah. of you and me talking. That's right. That's right. Speaking of which, as I used to do, I'm going to say we need to get we need to jump into this. Let's, we need to give the people what they want here. Let's and, give the people what they want. Yeah. So so I didn't know what we were talking about because we had this production meeting and talked about things we were going to talk about. We're going to start taking a month off every. Or a week off every month to to strategize. To strategize, yes. And so and so you'll you well, know, do you see have you'll your see notes two to three. Phone? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, that'd be helpful if you did. You'll see two to three um, podcasts from us a month, which is about what we've always done. But we we loaded up several several topics that are gonna come. I think there's some good stuff. I yeah, let's see. Yeah, 30, 40 a year from us. You're going to get current events uh, the first week of the month, which is not now, even though that is what we're going to do today. It's our so we're first already podcast of the month. Already breaking the the plan. And then we're going to have we're going to monthly talk about something personal, you know, 
to us, life of a pastor, what it's yeah. like. And we expect the ratings of those to be astronomical. Because I, that's what I get from so many people who listen to Faith Over Breakfast is like, what really goes on? Just tell life? me more about you. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Actually, I think that's true. We're going to do that to give the interwebs a break. We yeah. just want it to slow down for a little slow bit. Slow down the so traffic, you can, the Faith Over So breakfast. you can do something else, right? Right. And then we're going to have a church related but relevant to our people discussion. Yeah. Something about the church, about the faith kind of mix it up, kind of have some variety, dependable variety, if you will. So there's some there's some topics. Um, and then in this note, I'm not going to share, is a password that you no. might want to consider okay. remembering. Okay. Um, anyway, so that's where we're headed. So awesome. today... Um, Hey, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna launch my favorite piece of news this morning okay. about the Capitol, whatever you want to call it, riot, mob, insurrection. Was that the guy, the Arizona guy, Jake Angeli? When Angeli is not his real last name, it's like sh- just starts with a C. He who you know Sarah Palin and others said was the Antifa guy, who turns out is not an Antifa guy for sure. Because they asked him, why were you at the Capitol? And and he's a known QAnon guy. He's a known Trump supporter. And he said, I was there because President Trump told real patriots to go. So I went. So he has he turned himself in. He's been arrested. Today is his first appearance in court. We'll see what comes back at him. But my favorite piece about him, and it made me laugh out loud in my truck with joy, was that he his mom... Uh, reported that he is not able to eat in the prison because he can only eat organic. (laughs) 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 This is the bullhorn guy with the spear. Oh, I didn't know that that guy was the Arizona guy. He's the Arizona guy. He's from Phoenix. He's a known dude. He's been at all the Trump rallies. You know, storm the Capitol, going to take back our country. But... One hiccup. He's currently low on energy because he can only eat organic. Wow. So that I, I want to that little piece that was a surprise piece of news to me. And I didn't see it coming and I just laughed, like thinking of this powerful shirtless man who's like, These aren't organic peas. I can't eat that. <laughs> oh, poor guy. So that was let that launch us into a discussion about what happened. Uh, what's happening in our world? And happening because there's a there's a, this week there's news of a lot more potential organized um, revolts. Yes. This yeah, yeah. So there you go. Where where were you? This I I think that this it's like a September 11th sort of thing. People are going to remember where they were when they saw. Where where were you? When you well, heard this was happening. Because I threw my back out. Oh, yeah. I was sitting on the couch making phone calls and watching this unfold in front of me. Yeah. So you were watching it live. Yeah. Uh, Mike and John and Nick and I were at the church because we were doing some little projects. We were putting together some outdoor heaters for the kind of back patio area. And we decided to put this this stuff on TV, the uh, the election certification. We just thought this could be interesting. This could be kind of a historic moment in how the, this is dealt with. So we, we put it on the projector, 
And so we were sort of paying attention to it, sort of distracted when this all broke out. And we were, and then we were spreading some gravel and we, we put the Bluetooth speakers on so we could stay tuned in with what was going on. So, well, well, there's so much has been said. This is where, so you caught me by surprise with this topic because it just feels like everybody's talking about it all the time. What, what, where, well, where may- do you want to go with this? Well, and, and maybe we can, you know, just make it, make it short and then talk about other things, but, um, Mostly, I just wanted to acknowledge. I think it would be silly if we talk about faith over breakfast that, and it's two pastors talking, but it wouldn't be talked about at some level, right? Sure. And I acknowledging s- this is a huge piece of our yeah collective and, life. And mm-hmm. I think the first thing I would say is, "Wow, that was crazy! That was crazy! It was." They're investigating two pipe bombs still. Yeah, there's still a lot going on. Yeah. Turns out Capitol Police were involved. That's a new development. Yeah, this is it's it's a strange it's a strange <laughs> moment. Mm-hmm. Um I actually think what's more important than that is that the possible impeachment of our president mm-hmm. and what kind of impact that would have on our country. And what we how we feel about the rule of law versus political expediency um and mm. national health. Like uh, mm-hmm. emotional and spiritual, and just you know, and whose national health, right? yeah, and, right, yeah, and what that might do to our country, yeah. Um, so those those are things that are interesting to me, yeah. In all of this, I think that that we can't forget history. So you know, not long ago, the Senate buildings were occupied. Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. long before that, the doors of the Supreme Court were almost busted down and sure right these are these are it's not a, it is an unusual event in that it, it some things happen that have never happened before but it's not unusual in that different buildings that are important yeah. have been invaded or almost invaded sure and so we, we can't forget history that that's true that's true but at the same time when has it been after an event in which the president his son and his lawyer all highly alluded that this was what they wanted to happen. You could say they meant to or not. Right. I don't care. But the people are now confessing they thought that's what they wanted them to do. Right. And then the this has been one of the ones that's just in the back of my mind, the characters involved. We've got all the way from elected officials to military, you know, ex-military folks in their full you know, tactical gear to dudes like Bullhorn Guy. It was like, there was it, the, almost a comic. There's some absurdity to absurdity. it. Absurdity. Like, yeah. in the past, the the wars and the, the occupations, this is like a new breed. This is a whole... You know, it's, and I think other countries, I mean, I don't, I can't think of one violent act that I've seen on the news that looked this crazy. Is or, that, am I? A, a comical at least. Comical. Yeah. I'm, I'm saying like, and I'm not saying it's okay. I'm not anything. It just was like, when I, because 
we were on the audio version of it when they were first breaking in, so I didn't see that at first. But when I started to see the images, this is wild. Have you seen any world event look like this ever? No. I haven't either. It's normally like coordinated warfare or coordinated political disobedience or this, which they're investigating if that's what this was, but this looked wild. Yeah. And the protesters, when they got in, didn't seem completely to know what they were doing. They were definitely not on the same page. Well, were some of them on the same page? I'm going to go ahead and bet some of them were on the same page, but, but yeah, there were definitely, you know, that one of the young guys that, turned himself in said he you know he said i got caught up in the moment he did have a bunch of facebook posts that said he was or social media posts said he was going into the cap so did he get caught up i don't know but it it seems like perhaps a bit of a mob mentality took over yeah and some group think happened sure which is which is possible for any of us yeah i i think for me i will just say from a personal perspective i it's like, wow, this is weird. And also, I have, I'm fatigued yeah, by all of this, like mentally fatigued uh-huh. to the point where even as, you know, as a follower of Jesus and the pastor, I'm like, well, you know, like I'm in Arizona and I really don't know how I really want to think about this. I just kind of want to focus on what's in front of me because I can't do anything else. Like I don't. Like, I don't want to be in a dialogue about it um, other than I want to say, okay, well, what is God calling me to? Like, how am I you know, how am I loving my neighbor? Because I don't know how to. Mm-hmm. I, 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 this is weird and unexpected. And it seems like the anvil is going to come down on it real fast. And it seems to have come down on it really fast. Yeah. Yeah, but at the same time, the the chatter and the way it's seeming to maybe activate more folks is interesting, and people that are surprising to me. I'm looking at level-headed people who I've, through, I'm saying throughout my life, viewed as like very intelligent, level-headed people who never would, in my mind, would have been pro something like this, defending this, which mm-hmm. is confusing. Um, I think that's confusing to the watching world. I think the Christian church is presenting itself in this as utterly discombobulated and not on the same page. Right. Anyway, and that's been happening, but... Sure. That, and I'm seeing that... I agree with you. There's part of me that's like, that's D.C., this is Arizona, this has been an insane year, what does this have to do with me? And then I start seeing people I know and love who live down the street, and I'm going, oh, you're into this. Yeah, so, no, so we have to talk about it. Yeah, right? no, I'm not saying you don't talk about it. I just am like, wow, there is a fatigue sure. for me in all of this, and all, having all of us, and having you know a voice in all of it. I mean, and also having just to to articulate a, a a biblical response to articulate, you know, is is like okay. So in wow. your community do you sense 
attention over this or is it just everybody's on the same page like i mean would you speaking up about this really make a difference because would you speak up and they all just go yeah totally we agree with you um I we think, condemn the actions and everybody goes yeah yeah i could say that and never would be like yeah those are actions to be condemned I, I think the the majority of our community is even those who find themselves on the right are kind of also fatigued by by this like it's gone yeah. too far and and it's not in their world i i think i mean i think the hard part is there i i, I think i can quote one of the people in our church who who said who's very active in the in the work is a very active person in the work in the community when it comes to abortion and those things and pro-life mm-hmm. he said you know like well now I'm gonna have to work twice as hard. Before I had, there was mm-hmm. this crazy guy, but it was a lot easier to be working in the pro-life world. Now, um, you know, Kamala Harris has said that all state legislation that has anything to do with abortion will come across her desk first. Mm. You know, and she's gonna fight it to the best of her ability. And that he's like, so now I'm I'm gonna have to work twice as hard. Yeah, um, to do what I do. And so I understand like. Yeah, this this view of the 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 Democratic Party as an enemy, mm-hmm. if you believe in pro life, in the sense of, you know, it's it's a single fight for you. Mm-hmm. You see that, um, and I think that fuels some of the Christian movement within my church. I would say everyone in my church who finds themselves at any level connected to Trump is is got a moral thing that they're wrestling with when yeah. it comes to abortion that's sure. and i mean i think if you know if biden had come out and said i'm pro-life and i will continue the actions of donald trump when it comes to right. supporting life he would have not only won the, right. he would have won in a landslide, landslide sure. it, it, yeah i don't even think donald trump would have gotten he would have gotten maybe two or three states yep but um and so i think that's a that's a big deal in my community and i think mm-hmm I think it's that that's that's there in ours too but I feel like it goes even further than that into into the I think some of the things that we have said that have made people struggle the most are like statements like the American the American experience life and history are not integral to the gospel message and should not be viewed as one thing. Right. I think that has disturbed to me that's just obvious. Mm. Um and and it feels it feels like I do think we have people who are worried about the abortion thing. It matters to me too. I'm not I'm not pro abortion, never have been. Right. And and so I see that as an issue. I think the church should be crystal clear on it. I think a biblical moral framework is absolutely clear. I think how that, you know, whether your your president holds that or not is one issue to consider among many. Right. Um, but but that said, it feels like the hangups go deeper than that. Mm. Um, it you know that's the easy one. That's the one that's just like I can point at that, and that one's crystal clear. But then to Yeah, to, you know, people have talked about there needs to be a consistent pro-life ethic and so on. I mean, it, it seems like some of this other stuff 
starts to betray that there's more to it when a Capitol police officer lays dead and we're not shocked and horrified. Why? Right. Um, it seems, there's more to it. There's a bigger goal. There's something else under this. Hmm. Uh, so that's just how it feels to me, at least in our world. Our, I think our church has more diversity of political thought than many, um, which has made it complicated because you want to honor that and celebrate that, but also speak with clarity about things. Right. Yeah. Oh, and I, I think that, you know, we're, we're inheritors of the moral majority. Like our, our culture has grown up in that. So yes. the people who so, show up in your church are children of the people, of, of the parents. Of them that Absolutely. Either they're, they are, you know, new Christians or they're, they grew up in church in that context. It's and, and there's, there. and they, and they don't know that this is part of a movement that's somewhat extra biblical. Yeah. They just view it as this is just Christianity. Right. As if like the scriptures make every angle that the moral majority in America took that they're just inextricably tied. And they're not. Right. Not always. Yeah. Well and, and I I think that the the hard part is I think what we're doing as a church, and I think this is what sets aside like the village and mission church, is that though we're saying, look, we love our brothers and sisters, but part of the reason we plan these churches is that there is a, uh, we need to get, I don't want to say get back to, we need to articulate the gospel as something that is separate from state and is yeah. not intermarried with it and is actually a whole different way of living and a different kingdom. And, and, and it's right that, and I could beat this drum over and over again, but I'll beat it one more time just in case anybody's mishearing me on this. I am not talking about a, you know, Democrat liberal agenda, nor a conservative Republican agenda. Right. I want Christians to live like Christians. Right. No matter what, yeah, right. Which for me, and a lot of times when when I say that we, I want a gospel centered, kingdom oriented church. What I'm usually, I mean, there's a lot built into that. There's a lot, but there. one of the yeah. things I'm saying that people don't tend to hear is that I want people to wrestle with what Jesus is saying about behavior. Hmm. There, I mean, I under I, I, grace and all those things are good. But when I'm talking to Christians, not non-Christians, I'm talking about Christians, I want them to wrestle with what's going on in the Beatitudes, what's happening in Paul's conversation about the way we inter involve ourselves in the world, mm -hmm. in Romans and in Thessalonians in particular, and how we understand authority, how we understand our own behavior, Peter, and the way he talks about conducting ourselves. Like These are things that go against many of the ways I see churches yeah. act and the words that they say and how they understand themselves. And so I feel like instead of saying, hey, this is the way we should all be, I would prefer, I think kingdom-oriented churches say, well, here's a scripture, let's wrestle with it. Let's figure out mm -hmm. what God's actually saying. Let's do the hard work instead of just saying, you know, okay, this is the way it is and I'm going to, you know, and I'm going to attach myself to this part of the state and 
they're the power and they're going to do what I want them to do. And so that's where we're at. Um, yeah, I would add to that, that I am, I'm increasingly committed to asking the question, not, not only are we gospel centered, but you know, every epistle of Paul starts off with some kind of, he, he addresses these people in their particular right. deal, usually articulates the gospel somehow. And then the big question that takes up a, a usually a good solid chunk of it is how does this belief in the gospel now address the problem you're having or shape our lives and make them unique? And, um, and so there is never an articulation of the gospel that doesn't bear out in our actual, the way that we live, the way that we feel, the way that we worship, the way that we conduct ourselves with one another um, in our families, in our society. You know, it, there always are implications for life. All right. And so, I, yeah. anyway, I'm I'm wanting to make sure that I, I feel like in some of the gospel-centered movement, it's been all doctrinal gospel-centeredness and not practical living out of that gospel. And I feel like that needs to happen. And I want to interpret events like, for instance, let's just take a hypothetical. Somebody is like, I am so angry at all the people on Facebook. I'm going to parlor now. I'm never talking to you again. Right. Okay, that's an action you're going to take. Um, is that action shaped by the gospel? Right. Ask that question. Grapple with that. Right. If it tells you you need to get completely off of all the social media, then do that. But what? But whatever you do in, in these actions, ask that question. Is this coming out? of the paradigm given to us by Christ in the gospel or not? I think it's a great question. Um, I think it's the the question that the disciples present and that we learn from watching Christ with his disciples and that Paul and, yeah, anyway. No, I, I think to just piggyback of what you're saying, and I think this is an important part, is that people tend to talk about perspective the thing you're supposed to do. So, for instance, sure. if, just a non-political thing. If you say, oh, well, you should be reading your Bible. Right. Well, what system are you going to use? Right. Are you going to read three is a year? Are you going to do an inductive study? Are you? Right. So, we need a procedure. Right. right. How am I going to do this? No one ever says, well, how do I read the Bible in the context of other people and relationship with them? Well, I don't know. What are you talking about? Like nobody, we always go to the safe thing and not, well, what does it mean to be in relationship? But you go look at everything you're talking about with Paul. Rarely does he say this has nothing to do with other people. It's always, it always has to do with other it's people. It's always about other people. And God. And God. Right. Yeah. These are these two, this, this relationship that's happening yep. between you and God and the people. And you're, but I think sometimes we're like, oh, no, there's this set of moral standards and we're just going to like make sure we fit into those or we're going it. to proclaim them and be able to articulate them yes yeah but i'm not thinking well what does it actually mean for me to be patient with people who don't believe what i believe how do i have compassion and mercy on the guy who's spitting vengeance at me right and yet when mm -hmm. i look at the gospel i think oh wait a minute jesus is sitting on the cross people are spitting on him right what does he say he says forgive them because they don't know what they're doing wait what so like, so how <laughs> yeah and that's and, and and that is extremely challenging to me what you're saying right there even to my own state of mind lately right which is good because right. that's a gospel shaped challenge and that's what I want us to be grappling with like 
is that I, I read in the book uh, Dane Ortland's Gentle and Lowly today. He made this little statement. I'm sure he wrote this. It just the book's newer, but I'm sure he wrote these words like a year or two ago. But he said, you know, in Christ, we have someone who would have been unfollowed and maligned by everyone today, but he wouldn't have unfollowed anyone back. And he would have and he would have offered himself to all of us. And that challenged me to to think, yeah, relationally, what do I am I shaped by Christ, right? Am I shaped by Jesus? Am I shaped by the gospel? Because uh, that's that's exactly we should feel that as Christians we should feel that impulse and that weight um, because of the gospel and be shaped by that, um, not just I know more than these idiots, right? right. Or whatever it is. And I, I think you know when we when you I think when at least I think I'm gonna keep saying think when you say mm-hmm. shaped by the gospel, in many ways what you're saying is the death of Christ, the resurrection of Christ and the ascension of Christ. I mean, with those three key yeah. things, but them in a relational sense, the righteousness that comes from that is There's so many layers. So transforming. Yeah. Like the, the closer I am to yeah. that, the easier it is for me to begin to to offer these things that Paul challenges me to put on to put on. And I would just add to that not I may not have I may not say the easier, but I would say the more necessary the overflow I, I don't think for Jesus was it was it easy to be rejected was it easy but it was but it was um but it was maybe natural and or necessary or anyway I, I you know I don't want to give the perception that if you're shaped by the gospel this becomes simple no or, but I would yeah. argue that the less I try to do things on my own strength the yeah. easier it actually becomes no I the could there be a layer? Would it come more naturally? Yeah, I think so. But it still could be very painful unto death. Oh yeah, even. yeah, yeah. No, I, I yeah. There's a it, the, the softness of I, Jesus had a softness in his heart. That's what this whole book I'm reading is about. By the way, gentle and lowly. It's the softness of his heart. It's, right. yeah. The actions are not necessarily easier. Just the heart mm-hmm. is not in the way. The inclination of the heart is toward doing these things. Yeah. Um, that That's a good way of saying it. I didn't necessarily disagree with you. Yeah, I just no, wanted no. to nuance that out. No, no, I think it's important. I, I think it's, I, I think what happens to me personally is the further I get away from Jesus, the angrier I get at you. Yes. And, because you're in my way. Yes. And you say things I don't like and you do whatever. Yes. That makes, because it comes my narrative. It's about me. Instead of about Jesus, I think it's a big part of what Mm. I see in these riots. And even though Jesus is up on the flags, Jesus is in the cross there that they had. I don't. It's 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 his name is there. Yeah, but it's not about him. No, it isn't because that's not what he would do. I mean, one of my favorite or not favorite, but I there was a truck and I have a picture of it. Had two big flags. One said "F your feelings," and the other said "Jesus is my savior. (laughs) Trump is my president." (laughs) <laughs> wow. And uh, here in Tucson, and I was like, there it is. Um, those are, there is incongruence happening here. Yeah. These are not possible. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, 
Jesus, our Savior, never says "f your feelings." Yeah, yeah. And and I I honestly would confess that in the midst of all of this, in the midst of what happened in the Capitol, in the midst of the Black Lives Matters, and just all the protests that have happened over racial inequalities, honestly, my heart is troubled. In not, I mean, it's troubled for our country, but it's also troubled in my own. Just like wow, I don't even know how I believe I should be as a citizen in this country. Sure. I'm not quite, I, I mean, I haven't come down to what I think God's called me to. Yeah. And that's troubling because it feels like it's happening very quickly with the virus also on top of all of it as sort of the frosting on the yeah. disruption that's under Or the all. magnifying glass. Of, yeah, yeah, the magnifying glass of it. And, and just the pain, like when I just listen to the pain of people in our world and, you know, even in our leadership meeting as you know, uh, Jessica was talking about spaces to learn and the stories of kids and you just, yeah. the pain, the present pain that has nothing to do with DC, nothing to do right. with the streets, just with that moment to moment, yeah, like need and you have no way to meet it and then listening to to one of the guys, my housemate talk about some of the stuff in his work and just some anger he was having at just the way people get treated and it's just so despicable and you're just like, well, what am I supposed to do with all this? It, that story, you know, reminds me so much more of Jesus. Like there's so much politically going on around Jesus that you don't hear about. Right. You also don't hear about Jesus taking a week off. I was telling my wife on Monday, I'm like, what if there was just one chapter in the Gospels where it's like, Jesus had a good time and he went fishing and caught a couple fish and then he played a board game and sang around the fire and it was just nice. <laughs> you know, like he doesn't have any of those I know. <laughs> moments. We don't get any of that. But it's, you know, but Jesus was in the midst of people's messy, immediate mm-hmm. life. And I do feel a strong pull but there's also this large social messiness that we're yeah. in. That's part of each individual's messy life. Well, it's it's a part of our narrative. We, yeah. we see it. We feel it. It's our nation. It's our, yeah. you know, we do. We are connected to these things. Yeah. You know, we're not as, so as Christians, we're part of a different kingdom, but we're also part of this one. And it it affects us. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's you can feel the tension of it. Right? You can. You can it's feel really it. It's really heavy. Yeah. You walk into the room with somebody who, you know, you and they have an ideological difference. You can feel it. Right. You don't have to say a word. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, and my longing is that we could put those aside yeah. and make them secondary to what Jesus is calling us to and loving one another, another and loving our neighbor. It's a... Me too, but the trouble is that, you know, you want to make it secondary but when those things are shaping you, so this is to get the, to go like uh, maybe the direction of like a James K. A. Smith or whatever you are, what you love, that the liturgies or the habits, um, the things that we listen to, the things that we're shaped by, the culture we live in, the ways that we worship, the the you know edifices we enter into to worship, whether they're government buildings or malls or stadiums or whatever, shape us, and then we behave and we walk out of those. Mm-hmm. And I I believe, I see it. I believe that that is how it works. We are shaped. We are always worshiping. Um, and so when we live out of those other things, to just say, let's not 
let's make it secondary or sure. or on the really negative side. Let's just not talk about it. Right. That's like saying let's not talk about our idols so we can just talk about Jesus and have both. <laughs> right. I, I would. I, would, I mean, I'm, you know, like, I would agree, and I think probably we what we would probably say in, in COVID is that the the power, particularly of our churches, and I think it's true for other churches, but where we put so much emphasis on our liturgies, right. the, they're new liturgies, they're ones that we've right. created as community, but they are liturgies. They define and reset us, and they're purposeful. Right. They're not just like, hey, we just do these. No, they they have a reason and a purpose, and we want them to be repeated and thought about and and massage into our life, that changes and combats the other liturgies. Right. And and changes our behaviors. And I, I think, or influences them anyway. So I think that's something that's happened in our culture at the moment that's difficult, is that we don't have that. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to figure out, we're trying to figure out how to form new ones while we look forward to maybe a, a different moment in time when we can come together. But... Yeah, I don't think I was saying I want them to be secondary, but man, when Jesus is primary, like in the invitation to let go and hold those things. Hold them loosely. And to realize that they can become a place of idolatry. Like I think coming together and saying, yes, I know that all of my other things have the potential to be idolatry or are idolatry. And and that's where the you know definitions of idolatry, like good things you know, masquerading as ultimate things or whatever yeah. is helpful because should you care about your country? Absolutely. hundred percent. Should you care who gets elected? Absolutely. Should you care about, you know, race and the race discussion in our nation, how that's worked out? Yeah, absolutely. Should you, should you care about your finances? Oh yeah, you better, or you're going to be foolish. Right. And so all these things do have a play. And that's what's so confusing about them is it's difficult to see when they've crept in and gone too far. Um, and when they've eclipsed walking with Jesus. Um, and that's, I think that's the struggle of the church is to be able to actually engage with that and, and make them put them in their place and say, Hey, for us, this matters but it isn't ultimate, right? Right. right. And, and I think, and probably we should end soon here. Sure. <laughs> but but I, I do want to say that, like, I think the thing I wrestle with is as I look at my people, as I look at the church, the question that I've come to, and I I've came to this as a teenager, was, are we really taking this seriously? Like, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, we, we have the God of the universe who comes down, dies on the cross for our sins, raised from the dead, and gives us this commission and this mission to live together and to bring others into this space, to invite them in. This seems kind of ultimate. Like this seems yeah. to be like if the person who created you has dominion over you, <laughs> delivers yeah. you, everything else de- should be underneath that. Like mm-hmm. we shouldn't be trying to create some utopia somewhere. We should be urgently trying to shape ourselves into the way of Jesus and invite others into that way. That And that doesn't seem to be, pre- the urgency right. is not there. Right. There's a more of an urgency to get it right, to have the, to be politically expedient, to do all these other things. There's an urgency, it seems to me, to have the within, right opinion. Within church, the urgency I tend to feel is that it would be nice for me. Like, that's one I've felt my whole yeah. life. 
People yeah. want church to be nice for me. Yes. Yeah. You know, the, I, I feel like when I go to church, when I meet with Christians, I should be disrupted. This should be a formative time. Yes. Which is not to say, you know, my favorite me affirming moment of the week, right? Right. Yeah. And even when I'm having fun with, which is part of community and part yeah. of following Jesus, having fun with people who love Jesus together, even those moments need to be formative in the way that I engage and how they treat me, how I treat them, how we, it, right. it has to be, like we have to be intentional. And it's, you know, I keep saying this, I, I was challenged by Mark's sermon on Sunday on the breastplate of righteousness, but he read Ephesians 4, which talks about, you know, the way we spend our time because of the days are evil. Mm -hmm. And then somebody else mentioned that from, and I've just been processing this, like mm -hmm. people, Eric, the days are evil. Like, mm -hmm. how am I using my time? Like, what am I doing when I'm interacting with you and I'm interacting with people in my community and my neighbors? Like, is there an urgency to this because the days are evil? Or am I like, yeah, well, you know, right. What, what makes this pleasant? How can Andy and I have a pleasant time around the mic? And how can we have a pleasant? Right. I want this to be fun. Let's, you know, and those aren't bad longings, but they certainly shouldn't be my goals in this whole process. Right. No, that's, they're not goals God has given us. They're, when you taste of it, it's a taste of the kingdom to come. Right. Wonderful. Enjoy it. Yeah. Right. Doesn't mean, you know, go whip yourself. No. But it also, that that isn't the life we're in right now. Yeah, that's yeah. not all. That's that's not the primary thing going on. Yeah, it's a race, yeah. and I need to remove encumbrances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Absolutely. Well, hey, let's uh, let's call it on let's that do. note and uh, first remove podcast of faith over breakfast twenty twenty one. Well, thanks for joining us, Eric. Good to see you again, man. Really I good think to see you. a lot of uh, people probably don't realize this is just kind of when we hang out for the week. Uh, yes, so this is our hangout. This is it. So it's been it's been good, and I'm off to the next thing, and so are you. So uh, good to see you, man. See you good next week. See you.